welcome to Come Home. I'm Jen Mallon. Grab your coffee, grab your tea, you know the drill. Uh, we are gathered together. We are doing body life. We are enjoying the goodness of the Lord. We are hearing from some of God's most anointed servants that have something powerful to say. And why? To encourage you, to equip you, to empower you, to bring hope where it's been deferred, to let you know that you're breathing, you're still alive, so you have to keep running this race. God needs you, the master needs you today. And you know, we live in a fallen world, and so there's times that we just need to hear good news from other people. The gospel is good news. You know, in Luke 12, 48, it says, uh, and I'm summing up, to whom much is given, much is required. Another version says that those who have received a greater revelation are required uh, to have greater obedience and greater responsibility. Well, I have a guest today that has been saved, delivered, set free. Much has been given to him, many gifts, much deliverance, supernatural testimony. Therefore, much responsibility and obedience is required. I look so forward to taking you into the world of Pastor Todd Coconado. He is a powerful minister, evangelist, commentator, speaker, author, husband, father, and he has spearheaded many things that are making a tremendous difference in our country. He's coming alongside, he's speaking the truth with boldness in love. And today we're going to dive into his story. If you are praying for a prodigal, if you are standing for a husband, a daughter, if you are standing for a son, Listen, you're going to be so encouraged. God is faithful. He is the same yesterday, today, forevermore. He changes not, and he still wants to do signs, miracles, and wonders among us. You are going to be so blessed. So let's go to this quick promo, and then we're gonna go right to the living room, and you get to meet Pastor Todd.
Welcome back, and today you are really going to enjoy the story, the testimony, 
and the powerful ministry of Pastor Todd. Thank you so much for oh, being thank here. Thank you, Jane. I feel at home, literally, so it's a great name for the show because that's how you feel when you're here. And they're just such a sweet presence of the Lord, even in the studio right now. Yeah. That That is our prayer, is we don't want this. We want this to feel like home. Yeah. I actually got saved watching Christian television oh, wow. okay. uh, with Sheila Walsh. Yeah. I was watching the 700 Club. Okay. And then after this radical experience I had with the Lord, yes. uh, and I know you've had one of those many, yes. but yes. one in particular that changed the course of your life. Yes. But when I had that experience, as soon as uh, they came back from a break, she picked up the microphone and saying, Jennifer, come home. Mm. <laughs> Jennifer, come home. <laughs> so, yeah. hence the name of the show. Yes. Well, come that home. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I've had experiences like that, too, where on Christian television, you know, when I was in the world and I was kind of flirting with God, or he, he began to kind of, like, you know, come into my life. He's amazing. I mean, the way that God just so lovingly guides you in, you yeah. know, and, and he came after the one. I was a product. I was messed up in the world. I was in Hollywood. I was a child actor. I started partying at a young age. And I was on the road like so many of these other people have been down where, you know, it wouldn't have ended up well. Yeah. And then the Lord just so lovingly got a hold of my life and started opening up my eyes of understanding and just revealing himself to wow. me. You know what's so crazy is in Hollywood, it was actually the darkness that started showing me that if there's darkness, if there's demonic stuff, there has to be light and life. And that's where I started seeking and the Bible says, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be open. And so I, I always encourage people because, you know, I was just in a little online thing with an atheist that just happened to come on my page. And I'll tell you this, atheists, I always tell them they have to have more faith than me because they believe things just came out of nowhere. Right. And so this gentleman started sharing all this quantum theory and all this stuff. And so I looked into it because I'm a researcher and I yep. said, I want to see what these people are talking about, you know? So we look into this thing and what it is actually is that they say that, you know, nothing came from, you know, something came from nothing, in other words. But here's the thing about it. There has to be an energy behind it. Even they admit it. Yeah. And so that energy is when God said, let there be light. Yes. And there was light. And so atheists don't even believe their own doctrine, their own <laughs> beliefs, you know. And so it, it, if you ever want to stump an atheist, just say, whenever in history did something come from nothing? Right. Out of nothing. And there's, there's never, not there's one not time. There's not an answer. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, so that's what I started doing in Hollywood is I started seeking and, you know, that's like, I call it the Pepsi challenge. Like if you're going after God, he's going to reveal himself he to is. you, you know, and that's what happened. He revealed himself to me. And so I just kept going deeper and deeper. And I've been on this journey for, you know, 27 years now or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a woman and a, a, a lot of my viewers are women. So they want the details okay. of the story. Okay. Okay. So let's go back. You know, you live in L.A., your parents are in ministry, yeah. and you start being an actor. Yeah. And then you got to a point, like, start there. Okay. From the actor okay. to the Hawaii yeah. to the stabbing <laughs> to the dying to There's the so resurrection. I know. Uh, my, I love my, your story. My dad was a macho Italian. He was, like, a vice president of a company. My you dad's know, and... name is Rocky. Okay, okay so you I'm, get it. I'm yeah, Italiano. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, you know, and, and so my mom and my grandma grandparents got saved at, at a young age, you know, and so that was kind of like my introduction. We were, we were Catholic, but we didn't really go to church. We didn't really understand what was happening in the Catholic church. We'd go, we'd stand up, we'd sit down. Tradition. We'd, right. It was just tradition. There was no connection, but I did believe there was a God. Sure. And so my mom was like a stage mom at the time. And so she took me, I got a great agent in Hollywood. I was booking, I was a working actor at a young age. You know, I was working around a lot of well-known people that you guys would know today. And, uh, you know, and so it was, it was, I was making it in Hollywood. This is success in the eyes of the world. 
And that went all the way to about 16 years old. And at this point, my mom had really engaged in the church and she started going deeper and she knew there was a calling on her life, which is a whole other story. Um, and so I just told my mom, I said, you know, I'm missing so much school. I want to have like a normal teenage life. And, you know, I'm, there's like these stage teachers that would teach you, but, you know, you're not in a classroom right. and interacting with young people. So she said, do, you know, if that's what you want. You and know, you're have, a people person. I'm a people person, <laughs> you know. So I, you know, I was on all these, these sets and everything. And so, uh, you know, I just told my mom, I don't want to do it anymore. Now I had made good money. I, you know, I had a car at that point, 16 years old. You know, you're a little bit of drive in California, you know. So, uh, but I, you know, I never disengaged with the young Hollywood crowd. Yeah. And so I would have like two different sets of friends. I'd have my Valley friends. Anybody who knows LA, there's like the San Fernando Valley. And then I'd have my Hollywood friends. And, and, I, and my Hollywood friends were, were starting to get caught up in drugs and alcohol abuse and sexual promiscuity and things that happen in Hollywood, which yeah. unfortunately a lot of people don't realize. But, you know, when you're pulled into that stuff at a young age, you're kind of, uh, you grow up fast and uh, you're exposed to things that maybe un other young people aren't exposed to as much. And so I was fighting these things. I didn't realize it was a spiritual battle at the time, right. but I knew there was a tug on my life. And so I, I started seeing in the clubs, I was in the clubs at like 16, you know, uh, these underground parties yeah. and these, you know, raves and things like that. They call them club kids. And so, you know, there was a list of drugs and, and just all different types of things that were, that were being passed around. And so it was a lot for a 17 year old, 18 year old. And, um, you know, and so this was my life up until about 2021. And then this is when I just started realizing, like, there's got to be more to life. I would see the emptiness in these mm -hmm. people. And sometimes when I was under the influence of alcohol or drugs, I would, I would even feel something spiritual. I knew it was demonic, you know. Yeah. And so, so I started doing all this. And at the time, I met this pastor. And he, he was probably making like 40 grand a year. He had several kids. I mean, very humble man, you know. And here I am, I'm like hanging out with these celebrity people, probably making millions a year. And yet his life, he had joy. Yeah. He had peace. The fruit of the spirit. You know, and then I'm sitting here like, you know, and I have to kind of, you know, make it a little bit shorter because there's so many stories yeah. I can tell you. Uh, but I was sitting next to this international celebrity that at the time everybody had posters on their wall. Remember back then? I'm kind yes. of dating myself. And so, uh, you know, her poster was on like everybody's wall, just hint, hint at that. And, you know, I'm sitting next to her in a party and, you know, we're on drugs and alcohol. And, you know, I'm looking at her and I'm just like, you know, everybody thinks this is success. She's totally broken. Yeah. You know, she's, she's miserable, you know, yeah. she's controlled. And then I'm looking at this pastor. I'm like, he's got joy. He's got, I want that. Yeah. I want what he has. So I started being mentored by this man. And I just want to say to everybody, mentorship and discipleship yeah. is so big. Meeting, meeting with a young person, having coffee with them and just, you know, discipling them. This is what's lacking in a lot of the church right now. And I really think that, you know, this is where we need to go again, because this is so important, you know. The one-on-one -on -one time. One-on-one -on -one time accountability. And he would just share with me, like, Todd, why are you doing this? You know, let me share with you what the Bible says, yeah. you know? And I just knew it was like authentic. It was real. It was love. Truth. You know, so I started disengaging from that lifestyle. And then I saw more spiritual warfare, you know? And so when I had eventually really dedicated my life, like you mentioned in Hawaii at this, at this, uh, my parents had invited me to a pastor's conference. And they said, free trip to Hawaii. All you got to do is come. I'm living with my girlfriend at the time, you know, living a very lavish lifestyle, nice car, nice condo, cameras, the whole thing, you know, Hollywood, you yeah. know, and they said, just come out. And, and so I went out there by myself and I said, okay, they said, all you need to do is go to one meeting. If you go to this one meeting, the rest of the time you can hang on the beach, you know, so, okay, I go to this meeting and the spirit of living God just, mm. it was like so thick. And so I walk out in the Descanso garden 
And, you know, I'm like, what is going on? I start weeping and I get on my face. And, and at that moment, I gave my heart to the Lord. Yeah. Okay. So then, you know, the rest of the trip, I went to every meeting. Instead of not going to any meetings, I went to all of them. I wanted more of this. I was engaging with pastors and they were pouring into me and praying with me. And on that trip, I reconciled with my dad because mm -hmm. he was also in a transitional stage in his life and his faith journey. And later he would become, you know, in the ministry with my mom. So, you know, so much happened on that trip. I get home, I tell my girlfriend, like, you know, I got saved in Hawaii. She's like, what does that mean? You know, I'm like, it means, well, first of all, I don't think we could live together anymore, you know? And I think she just thought it was like a momentary phase. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, she was a good girl, nothing wrong with her, but, you know, it just wasn't the one for me. And, and so we ended up parting ways. And I moved home with my parents. Uh, I started making like basically minimum wage yes. compared to all this money I was making in Hollywood. Total lifestyle change, total. Yeah. And so two years of that, and I will say this, and I have a lot of understanding of people that come out of the world and get plugged in the church. And it's like, you're in this like weird, mushy middle where you don't have Christian friends and yeah. you're, you're roll dogs and people that you've always hung with are in the world. But if you go hang around them, yeah. you're gonna get pulled back into it because you're not strong enough yet. So what happened was about two years into serving the Lord, I was in that and I missed my friends. Yeah. And so I go- It's lonely. It's lonely. It's a lonely season. Yes, it was hard. I would go to church. The only people that would talk to me were like the greeters. Thank yes. God for the greeters. Yeah, thank God for the greeters. <laughs> I was a greeter because I wanted to hug people because yes. I didn't get hugged like oh, you. Such it's an important ministry, yeah, you know? Right. And so, uh, you know, I would literally stand there and I'd be like, let's see if anybody talks to me. You know, no one would come or up- Or invite me to lunch. Right, right. Or and, invite me to a small group or something. Yes. You don't, you're not part of the world but then you're not part of the church. Yes. We have to do better. We have to do better in that yeah. area. It always sticks in my mind about that because I'll never forget that. Yeah. And I made my first Christian friend, but you know, that was that pastor. But so I go back one night to go hang with an old friend. Yeah. And as I'm in this uh, apartment complex in Granada Hills, California, a man that I believe was on methamphetamine or some types of drugs, just opened the door. I was kind of knocking on this door. They opened the door and just, he had a kitchen knife this big and just proceeded to stab me nine times, one in the heart. Oh my goodness. And I was just totally caught off guard. I could actually fight because I came from the LA Unified School District and you know there was a lot of fights and things like that, but I was just totally caught off guard. And so um, fell to the ground, I had a sweatshirt on that night. I pull up my sweatshirt, I said, dude, you're gonna kill me, I'm dying. And um, he, I think he kind of sobered up and realized like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna go down for murder. So he, you know, picked me up and, you know, had, had this girl with him and, 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 you know, they were like screaming and it was like a total movie scene, puts me into my car. So here's the guy that's just dying. Down. You're I'm bleeding dying. out. I'm bleeding out, puts me in the back seat. The girl's in the front. He's in the other side driving my vehicle, okay, to the Granada Hills Hospital, which by the way, this hospital was just about to close down. So they had a skeleton staff. And if they were closed down, the other next hospital, I would have died. It would you have been too far. It. So this is all the Lord. On the way to the hospital, I go into the presence of the Lord and I basically get this question from God. You know, I didn't see God, but I felt the presence and the glory. I felt like Isaiah chapter six, you know, it's like I saw the Lord seated on the throne. I didn't see him, but I felt the glory. And um, he said, you want to live or do you want to die? And I said, I want to live, Lord. He said, well, if you live, you got to be sold out for me and you got to tell people that I'm real. Oh. And, uh, and I said, yes. I mean, just like Isaiah chapter six, you know, send me, you know, I, what are you going to say when yeah. you're in the presence and the glory yeah. of the Lord, you know? So send me Lord. So I wake up and here's this woman looking over me and she says, you should not be alive. <laughs> I'm in this emergency room. She says, you got stabbed nine times. Somebody just got stabbed two times and they died. You got stabbed nine times. You're alive. You're a miracle. I knew it was a miracle. Yeah. And uh, this just started a long journey of really now, you know, I did get mad at God for a season there sure. because I'm like, why did this just happen to me? Especially now that I'm a Christian, not when I'm in the world, yeah. but when I'm in, you know, in Christ. 
a whole nother story where he sent three prophetic people that I didn't know who they were. And they all said the same thing, which was don't let bitterness grow root in your heart. I was in a Starbucks. I was in a uh, gym and I was, you know, like three different in Macy's. And, and it was just, <laughs> here's these people that I have no idea that my mom couldn't have put them up to yeah, it. Yeah. And they're giving me the exact same word. And by the third person, which was when I was at the gym, I just went into the parking lot of the gym and I just started weeping. I said, Lord, you know what? I know this is crazy, but I know this is you. And I'm going to give my heart and my life to you. And from that point on, I went to Bible school and major change in my life. And I've never looked back. And the Lord is just, I mean, what he's done is so remarkable. I mean, he saved a wretch like me and I will never forget. And that's why when this atheist guy was trying to say, oh, well, you don't know God is real. I said, I know he's real. Too late. Can't talk me out of it now. You can't talk me out of it. I've (laughs) encountered him. Like I will never forget. And so many times along the way, I mean, he's revealed himself to me in other ways, you know, but I just, God is so real. So when you look at life from a perspective of understanding that this is reality, that God is real and that we're in this spiritual battle and we're in this world and it's about souls. And, you know, basically if you take everything out to the macro and you just kind of zoom out, the whole thing is about souls. It's about if we're going to live in eternity and rule and reign with Jesus Christ or if we're going to spend our eternity in hell. And so every battle can actually be zoomed out and realize that it's a spiritual battle. That's what the Bible says, you know, the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, you know, and that, and so we're in this spiritual battle. Yeah. And so when we see life from that perspective, this is reality, this is what's going on, then it affects every aspect and area of our life. Yeah. And, and people say, well, you're involved in politics. I'm just about the, the business of the Lord. Right. Because if the Lord says, go, we go. He says, be the head and not the tail. Go into all areas of society, tell them about Jesus. These things about life and, you know, different matters that people say are political, these are spiritual matters. They are. And so the church is just meant to speak the truth because the truth sets the captive free. And there's a, so many people that are hungry right now yeah. in this world. Yeah, you know? they're broken. Yeah. They, they need us to be bold in our faith, loving in our faith, but yes. to speak out. Yes. We have the answers. So it's, right. I look at it as it's cruel not to share. It's cruel to dumb it down, water it down. It's the gospel that saves and rescues and sets free. That's right. Look at you. Look at me. I mean, I mean, where would we be? And you know, your story is so encouraging to grandparents and parents and siblings that are watching that are praying for someone that's, they think they're so far in the world and that, that, you at that moment wouldn't have gone to a church. You had these divine encounters, yes. places that weren't necessarily at the altar. Yes. God met you. That's right. The Macy's prophet, yeah. the gym prophet, you That's know. What I'm yeah, I, I, the Starbucks prophet. Yeah. He knows how to talk to his kids. That's right. And he right. desperately wants to. Yes. So, you know, we've got to keep on praying, keep on hoping. In fact, we do have some more time left, but I just feel right now the anointing's mm. on yes. for you to pray for prodigals and for supernatural encounters if you if you'll just take time and minister to that and then we'll pick it back up okay now i think this is very critical right now what you're saying is exactly because i know somebody's watching and there's somebody in your family it might even be your spouse somebody's watching and it's your spouse and you think you know i don't think they're ever going to change your your son your daughter you know a family member someone that you love and i'm going to tell you i am the result of prayer okay my mom prayed me into the kingdom others prayed me into the kingdom 
And there were divine appointments that only the Lord could have set up. And so sometimes, you know, you don't see what they're going through. You don't know who they're encountering during their day, but your prayers are setting something in emotion. And so I just want to pray right now for those prodigals. So Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I just really feel strongly somebody is watching this and it's a spouse or a son or a daughter or someone very, very close. And, and it, the devil has tried to make it like they're never going to change. There's no hope. You know, why even pray? But you say, Lord God, our prayer sets something in emotion. Lord God, you are a father that hears our yes. prayers and, and you respond to the prayers of the righteous. And so right now, I just want to pray whoever this person is in their life, Lord God, that Lord, first of all, we would not stop praying. We would not stop believing. We would understand this is the reality of our world. It is about souls. It is about the kingdom and kingdom principles and kingdom dynamics. And so I just pray for anybody that's discouraged because they've been praying and they feel like the, you haven't heard their prayers, Lord. But Lord, you have heard their prayers and you are moving on their behalf. And prayer is such a powerful weapon. The devil doesn't want us using it. But Lord God, something is shifting. Something is happening. A lot of times it first happens in the supernatural before it happens in the natural. So, Lord, I just want to pray right now for endurance, Lord yes. God. Lord, the, for, for us to walk in faith and understanding, Lord God, and knowing that this is not done. This situation is not done yet. That you are moving, Lord God. That we will not grow weary in doing good. That we would not stop praying. We would not. You say pray without ceasing. I pray, Lord God, that we would just continue to know that you are moving on our behalf. That you are going before us. And that this person is going to come to know you, Lord God, because of the prayers. And so we just thank you. We speak life over this situation. We say that you're calling the prodigals, the misfits, those that, that have been forgotten about, those that have been given up on, but you haven't given up on them. You say you leave the 99, you go after the one. So I just thank you for the power of prayer, for being a faithful, a good father, and that you hear our prayers, Lord God. And I pray that if this person is discouraged right now, they'd be strengthened in their faith right now, knowing that what you have promised, you were also able to do. And so we thank you for that yes. account in righteousness, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Hallelujah. Father. Thank you, Praise God. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. I just really feel the presence Ooh. right now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Lord put Romans 4.20. If you want a verse to go along with that, Romans 4.20, look that verse up because we have an account in righteousness. That was talking about Abraham, and he had the faith to believe that what God promised, he's also able to do. Yeah. God is moving. He's he not is. done. I'm He's telling you. He's not done. Look at me. Yay. Well, I love your ministry and the price that you and Michelle have paid. Uh, you really are infiltrating all seven of the mountains mm. of influence. And you are, you are such a gift to the ecclesia. You know, and that's not just church. It means, you know, it's a military and a government word, not mm. church. Mm. It's not a wimpy word. It's a powerful word. Mm. And that's what we were called and we need to be a force to be reckoned with. And I know that you are helping God's people be fit for the fight. You are raising up remnant warriors. And I just wanna encourage everyone, go to pastortodd.org. Um, you know, Coconado, Palmarino, you know, those are hard things, but pastortodd.org, he's yeah. written a book called The Great Reprieve. He speaks to Generation X, he speaks to Generation Y, he calls you to rise up and it's your time. And he's working on two other books. Yep. You're, you're pregnant and giving yeah. birth to two lot, other books. Coming out. <laughs> I know. But you know, I love how you have a radio show and you have a blog and you have a television show and, and you just are, when people ask you to come, you come, you speak, you encourage, you empower. And that is what we are to do. And so connect with him. I love his social media posts. Mm. They might be controversial, but they're relevant. 
all right? They're relevant for biblical values, biblical truth. And so pray for him as he is uh, just continuing to run this race. Uh, we're gonna continue our conversation. Thank you so much for watching Come Home. Thank you for praying for this ministry, partnering this ministry. If it's a blessing, would you consider sowing a seed and just earmarking it to come home? It's important. You are a valued viewer. God loves you. Thank you for being loyal and supportive and praying for this station and this ministry because we are praying for you. My name is Jen Mallon and I encourage you, come home, back to the Father.